Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number five of Coffee and Questions, the podcast. I am joined today by not only one of my best friends in the industry, but a guy who we've done a lot together. And I think we'll continue to do a lot together far into the future, but none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Kyle Draper. Uh, founder of Content Compounding, National Speaker, Dad of the Year Award, all of the things. Uh, Kyle, I'm so excited to have you here. And just if you want to, uh, let us know who you are for those who don't know. Yeah, Michelle, I, this podcast is is years in the making, it feels like. So I am so pumped that you have your own show now. And I, I'm just honored to be a part of it. And so, guys, there's nothing I could tell you that would necessarily make you want to listen anymore or any less. Like I'm just a dude and we're going to have a great conversation today. I'm, I'm pumped about it. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about this conversation. And there's a book that's out there that you, anybody who's following you on social media, anybody who has can, you know, even seen you speak in real life, all of it, there we go. Now we're looking at it steal like an artist. And I want to do something a little bit different in this conversation because Many people who have followed me for years, um, people who know our relationship, Kyle, right? And there's no secret that you and I have um, been friends and been great friends for a long time. But the concept of steal like an artist, a lot of times, the way I look at it is more content driven, right? It's about how can I make better content? How can I make my content look better on the platform? Um, How can I steal ideas from other people, which is all well and good. And I think we can talk about that a little bit. But what I really, really want to talk about is the psychological aspect of stealing content, not in a bad way, right? But in stealing thought patterns, stealing ideas, um, stealing the discipline or the actions that are related to that. Um, So Kyle, why don't you start with talking about why you love this book so much? And then let's see if we can let the convo go that direction. Yeah, well, Michelle, what what I love so much about this book is before we can even go, oh yeah, I can steal stuff from other people. I can knock off what other people are doing. It takes a mindset shift to move away from in order to make me feel validated, in order to make me feel accepted, in order to make me feel good, I have to be original. Right? That's the that's the world we all live in. We want to be accepted And so, of course, we don't want to accept another knockoff. We want to accept someone who's original. Well, the reality is our world has been around for too many years for us to truly have original ideas anymore. So most ideas are derived at some point from another. But what makes it truly unique is that you and I are different. All right. So you and I, and we've done this already. We've already shared guests on our podcasts. Your episode with Phil was very different than my episode with Phil. Why? Because you and I are uniquely different. And and so this book, it, it just gives us permission to kind of move ego aside and let us realize that like, I don't need to bang my head on a wall 
to come up with something that's just this crazy idea that no one's ever thought of. I just need to show up as Kyle Draper. And when Kyle Draper does it, it's going to have a uniqueness that, that no one else has because no one else is me and, and everyone else is not you. And so that's the ultimate power of, of this book, Still Like an Artist. And what I really love, can I tell this quick, a quick story Absolutely. really fast? Yeah. Okay, good. So a few weeks ago, Harvard Business Review, they, they, they write incredible content and, and they wrote an article about what if your next great idea came from outside of your industry? And the picture was a guy dressed in an astronaut suit looking inside the hood of a car, right? And, and so in this article, it talks about, it, it, it tells this fascinating story. I've actually used it every time I've spoke since I've read it because it's just so powerful. So again, right? I practice what I preach. I still like an artist. I ripped it off from Harvard Business Review. And, and in that article, they talk about Henry Ford, right? Henry Ford is known for, for making the first car, the Model T, but what most people don't also know that he's known for is he invented the assembly line. The, the thing that has made America what it is, right? That we were able to, to build our country on the backbone of, of, of being the automobile manufacturer of the universe. And, and so most people don't even realize that. But what even fewer people realize, I didn't even know this until I read the article. And now I teach it. And so everybody's like, wow, Kyle knows all this stuff. I just learned this three weeks ago and now I teach it. Michelle, he got the idea for the assembly line while touring a slaughterhouse. Oh. So he's walking through. I mean, think about the way a slaughterhouse must smell. Think about the, the things that he's looking at, the dismembered pig parts and, and think about, my brain would have been going, get me the freak out of here. Why? How did we get here? Get me out of here. This is disgusting. But Henry Ford, being who he was, his first thought was, I think we could take this concept and apply it to the way we make our cars. And so the, the reason I wanted to tell the story is, guys, most of you listening to this, you're a real estate agent, you're a lender. Who are most of the voices you listen to? They're the big names of our industry that you and I could talk about, right? We could rattle off a ton of big names. And again, we love those big names. They're amazing people. But guys, what are most of their ideas based in? They're based in mortgage. They're based in real estate. And so what if to truly open your mind up to the new level of creativity, what if you did look totally outside of what you do for a living to see how they do video? to see how they're doing something. And I think it could be a game changer. And so that, that is what I love so much about, about still like an artist. Well, what I, I love so much about every conversation I have with you is that my brain just goes wild with all of these different ideas of, of things that you and I could do things that I want to post content about, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But this makes me go back to when I first, very first decided to create what I now know as the Instagram power method or even Burma media PD for that matter, which is, you know, the name of my company as a whole. But when I first hired a business coach, many people don't even know this. My very first business coach lived in Manchester in the UK, 
was known for being a fitness entrepreneur. So all of his courses, everything he had built was in the fitness industry, had nothing to do with Instagram, nothing to do with social media, nothing to do with anything that I was trying to ultimately do. Um, And at the time, I just decided to hire him because he was the first person that really showed me that I could do it, right? He was the first person to show and express interest in, Michelle, I think you can do this. Um, And he didn't care that it was social media because he knew he was really good at what he did and he knew that it could transcend industries, right? Um, And so what did I do? I bought a ticket, I got on a plane and I flew across the country or in this case, across the world uh, to go sit in a coffee shop with this guy for seven days and mind map out what is now Mm. the Instagram power method. But it came from a guy who literally used to work in a gym full-time as a, a coach who got hurt in a motorcycle accident and couldn't be physically present coaching anymore and decided how wow. can I turn this into a company where I don't have to be physically present to coach and still make money to support my family. So it, it's funny, right? But at the same time, it's like a duh, it's transcending to, it's not about the industry. It's about the thought pattern and the mindset behind how can I take something and make it work for me? And I think that there's something super beautiful in taking a step out of your own industry and kind of going to that 30,000 foot view and looking at things in a bigger, kind of a a bigger perception, right? Um, Or just like kind of widening the lens maybe is a good way of saying that. But yeah, I mean, I have that picture saved in my phone. And if I zoom in on it, the word online course is like the smallest little part in the bottom right corner of what this huge piece of paper was that we, you know, wrote on with markers all over the place. Um, So I just think it goes back to what you were saying is that it's not about looking inward to our specific industry. Cause I think you and I both know if we want to learn about mortgages, we're going to call Phil Treadwell, right? If we want to learn about uh, real estate, uh, maybe we call Chauncey, maybe we call any of these people that we know that happen to be really great real estate agents or have done great things in the real estate space. But I personally think some of the best conversations you and I have ever had have probably been with people that have nothing to do with either one of those. Yeah. And, and what I love about your, your story is I, I don't know how we got here, but I feel like there's just so many people that they look at this very black and white, either I align with you or I don't. Right. So like the moment somebody finds out like, Oh, wow, you believe different politically than I do. Boom. Like that's that relationship is severed or you don't believe spiritually the way I believe. Boom. Like we sever that relationship and go separate ways. When, when I was always taught growing up, eat the fish and spit out the bones. Like take what you can or what you want from every single person you've, you've ever come in contact with and then leave out the rest. You know, we, we don't have to live in this cancel culture society that's like, oh, well, now that person did one thing. And so let's just write them off. Right. They're the worst at everything because they did one thing wrong. And, and so I just love having the the perspective through this book and through through other sources as well of like i don't have to totally be aligned with you we can even disagree on some core things but that doesn't mean that creatively i can't watch some of the things that you do and go man that's really good what if i turn that eight degrees this way and now it's my thing 
And there's just so much opportunity for that, that I think a lot of realtors and lenders are very closed off to because they're so used to learning a specific way because of what they do for a living. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. Cause I'm, I'm really curious and I have no idea where this is going to go for, for those listening, but I'm just kind of excited to, to pitch this and, and let's see where it's going to go here. But what if we as, or not we, but what if you as a, a real estate agent or a lender who's listening decided to stop posting about mortgage content altogether, right? Let's say we stop talking about conforming loan limits. We stop talking about um, underwriting and what that means. We stop talking about getting your credit floor up and we start talking about the things that go on in between a potential buyer's thought pattern or in their thought pattern. Yeah. Right. I, here's a great one. I talked to somebody, um, in this very small town that I live in with my husband, um, who they just bought a house and we had dinner with them on Saturday. Um, both of them come from severely, uh, underprivileged areas is how I would say that very low socioeconomic status, but they just bought a house and they're the first either on either side to have ever purchased a home. Right. And the only reason they even started the home buying process was when they met Dave and I, they were like, Michelle, you work with real estate agents. Is there any, can you connect us with one? Because I think we have enough money to do it. I just, nobody in our family's ever done it. Nobody's ever told us we can do it. Nobody's ever shown us how to do it. Um, but mm. I think I can do it. So what if we decided to make content that didn't have anything to do with mortgages whatsoever, didn't have anything to do with stop renting and start buying. And what if we decided to start talking about the, the fears or even the self-limiting or self-deprecating even for that matter, beliefs that people have. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is fascinating to think about, you know, what if I was actually, I, I think about weird stuff um, and I hope that's normal or I'm just a freaking weirdo, but like I was laying in bed two nights ago and I thought like, what would happen if I challenged a room of realtors the next time I'm, I'm in a room with them and said, what if all your real estate content goes away like that? What's left? What's left to speak to who you are on social media? And the scary reality for most is there would be nothing. There'd be nothing. Their social media would look like a ghost town. And, and how dangerous is that? Right. And so in, in the, in the situation that you just spoke to, what that is, right. Is, is there's another book and I know guys on the podcast, you can't see it, but you'll see the video of this at some point and you'll be able to see it. But there's another brilliant book that I'll hold up called building a story brand with Donald Miller. Right. And it is uh, another unbelievable book, just like Still Like an Artist, where he talks about we don't need to always be the hero. What if sometimes we positioned ourselves as the guide? And what I see as an issue for most realtors is all their content is positioning them as the hero. They're the hero. I'm the hero. I'm the hero. Look what I did. Look what we did. Look what happened. Instead of going, what if this couple that you just spoke about that like they think they have enough money to buy a house, but like no one's ever bought a house in their family. So no one's showed them what that looks like. No one's helped them, you know, direct a path and a plan and a strategy to get there. And so if there was a realtor in your city right now that would have said, you know what, I'm going to start doing some financial literacy videos and content and 
And I'm going to just coach and encourage and inspire people with, with financial things. And, and I'm going to give tips and tricks and tell stories and interview people that have come from nothing and acquired something. And, and I'm going to be the person that attracts the potential first-time home buyer with my content prior to just going, oh man, I need another deal. I better go beg somebody to be my next client. And, and so it takes a little bit of creativity to go, I'm the guide, right? I'm the guide. I, I spoke, I was speaking in San Antonio a couple of days ago and I told him at the very end of my event, I was like, guys, this is a room full of heroes. I just want to help guide you. You have the story. You have the narrative that people will be attracted to, that people will be inspired by. I just want to be the guy that says, do it over there. No, 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 no. Stop going that way. Go this way. And, and you start making enough people into heroes. Everybody wants you as their guide. It's unbelievable. It's why, because, you know, I mean, most of your people know this, but if you, if you guys don't, right, Michelle swam for Rutgers University, right, a division one school. And, and so you understand this even better than I do, because I, I think I made it to like, you know, third grade athletics or something like that. And so some of the greatest coaches in the world were never good at playing the game. Yep. Right? It's unbelievable. Some of the greatest coaches in the world are terrible players of the game they're the greatest coach of. And so we overthink that like we've got to be such a big deal. We've got to be the center of attention. When I can get really famous by the amount of people I hoist up above me as opposed to the amount of people I can climb over to get to that top spot. And, and it all comes back to, to, to the way we choose to see things, the, the mindset we bring to the table. Yeah. I think it, and a good example here to get tangible for people, because I know that that's one of the things that we're really good at, right. Is telling people how to go do something to, to make a change. What, what we're really talking about here is creating content, right? We have to create content to put it out there in order to get people to even understand right. who we are, know who we are. But I love what you said of if everyone listening on the real estate side, mortgage side, even if you're listening and you're a teacher, I don't really care, right? But if you look at your social media content and you say, if I take away every single piece of content that I posted that says anything about that I'm a real estate agent, that I'm a lender, that I could help you get a loan or anything along those lines, what's left? Right. And I would probably say, as you mentioned, most people that you and I encounter, if you did that, it would be nothing but pictures of their dog. Right. Like there's there's not any there's nothing. There's no framework there as far as who is this person outside of right. the thing that they attach themselves to as a career. Um, and that's why I think the steal like an artist concept I, I want to get back to and keep going on in the sense of when we're trying to create better content that allows people to get to know us, who are people or who are some examples of people who are doing this really, really well. Uh, and then I, I was on a call, a sales call earlier this, or I guess last week now, cause today's Monday. Um, but I was on a sales call and this person said to me, Michelle, I know, I, I feel like I know a lot about you and I, I just want to know on the business side of you, actually, you know, where did you come from in business? 
And I was really taken back by that. Cause I was like, wait, this mm. person found me on Instagram, obviously knows what I do for a living, but they feel like they know me more as a person than they do as far as where I came from in the business space. And after processing that, I was like, that's a good thing. That means that yeah. that person knows me as a person, even though they don't know me. Right. But they feel connected yeah. to me as a mom, as a wife, as um, a business owner, because they're, this person was a real estate agent. They are business owners. Right. And it was really actually kind of awesome because I thought to myself, or in this moment, I'm thinking to myself, if you took every piece of content away that has anything to do with what I do for a living, Instagram specific, um, speaking, teaching, whatever it is, people still know who I am as a person and can look at my content and say, who is Michelle Berman as a person? Um, and so I think that that's right. what we're talking about here. So back to my initial thought for a question for you, can you give us an example of somebody who you feel like is doing a really good job at this piece of it? And if not, maybe you could conceptualize an idea for someone to go do. Yeah. I, you know, the, there's, there's a ton of different people out there that I think do it at a high level. Um, I think because of this podcast, I would tell people selfishly, I would tell people to go, to go look at what I do. You know, I think one of the things that, that, that can be done at a really high level that again, I probably stole from a, from a dozen other people and then just molded it all together was, you know, what I call passive branding, right? Passive branding is stealing like an artist at its core because the the way I look at passive branding is right. It, it could very simply be like you having Instagram power method on your wall behind you. That's technically passive branding, right? You can do a video about anything from that spot and, and nobody is going to be able to watch it without going, Oh, Instagram power method. What's that? Or they already know what it is. And they're like Instagram power method. Why have I not thought about, you know, looking deeper into that. And so that in and of itself is passive branding. But what I also believe is passive branding is when when I go pick up my kids at school and I'm sitting in the carpool lane and I jump on camera and I give a social media tip while being in the carpool lane, that's passive branding. But it's reverse passive branding to the way we think about it, right? We always think passive branding has to be coming back to the business when I like it the other way. What if I take business content but I passively brand it with who I am as a person. And so while I'm saying something really smart, you get to also go, oh, he's a dad. He's sitting in the carpool pickup line. And then you know what else is said, Michelle? How many people do we know that have zero, zero, zero seconds to spare in a day because they're either too busy or disorganized or whatever? And so I think the, the other piece of that is I think some people can watch that and go, wow, I see Kyle achieving at a high level, but he also has time to go pick up his kids. Like that dude has something that I want and they don't even need to know what that something is yet. Other than I know enough and I want to reach out for more, right? It's that person that said, Hey, I love you as a human. This is, they didn't say this, but this is what their question said. I love you as a human, but like, what's your business background, yeah. right? You gave them enough of you to make them want more. And I think the difference between what we're doing and what we watch a lot of realtors and lenders do is they just want to scream from the rooftops what they do for a living all the time. Instead of going, 
you know what? My greatest opportunity to close is when somebody reaches out to me that I didn't have to reach out to first. Right? I have a way higher chance of winning that opportunity because they reached out, not because I chose to reach out. And, and it's all about the, the, the passive branding of what we're doing. And, and so that's just, that's just one example. Uh, another example of passive branding is I welcome, now my kids are in school right while we're recording this episode, but I love when my kids break in my office when I'm doing video content. And because I love to pull them in and be like, hey, guy, hey, you know, hey, say hi. And then I love to facepalm them out. Right. So, again, all in one fell swoop, you get Kyle, the business person, Kyle, the dad, Kyle, the guy that tries to be funny all in one moment where most realtors, most lenders would have been like, dang it. I was so close to having that video done. And then my freaking kids came in and they messed up everything. All right. Like. So we, 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 I think we've kind of been taught like those are all bad things, but if, if we steal the right way, if we watch the way the right people are doing this, we can all technically be covering the same topics, but if we just shift the backgrounds and the environments that we speak on those topics, we give an entirely different twist to the whole thing. And we did nothing unique other than just not be in our office, go to the back porch. And we totally changed the feel for the video. And I think it all comes back to stealing like an artist. I just, I love this conversation so much because it even makes me feel like I want, I, I honestly want to even be more of myself and my own content, right? Un- unapologetically. Um, and I think that a lot of times... Yeah. I talk to people every single day. I know you do as well, who have self-imposed doubts and thoughts that in their head that say, well, my video is not perfect. My kid ruined it. Right. Or my video, um, I don't like the way my hair looks or my lashes weren't done. Right. You, you and I both know how important lashes are for me. <laughs> funny. Oh but man. I remember that day. I remember that day. Yeah. That I saved your, that I saved your lashes. You literally saved my lash life. Absolutely. Um, Everybody listening can go laugh at me now on Instagram if you want. But the reality is that when people have all of these self-imposed doubts, I actually think that's an opportunity for us to lean in more and be more vulnerable in our content. We don't have to share our deep, dark, dirtiest secrets, right? We don't need to do that stuff. Um, You know, if you want to go for it, but I think it's an opportunity for us to create connection, which I know is a huge part of what I teach in our content. And what you're telling people or what you're telling us, Kyle, is stealing like an artist is about thought patterns. It's about um, the ability to create content that has to do with being relatable, right? I know, which is something that we talk about a lot. And I'll use myself as an example here because I remember the very first Zoom meeting that I was on. um, I was teaching a class to a room of a bunch of people virtually. And my son was in the other room screaming his head off like, he was brand new. He was like maybe 12 weeks old. Um, and he was not having a good, not having a good afternoon. Right. And I remember being so mortified because I was like, people are going to think that I'm not this professional person or that I, um, you know, am not a good mom because my kid's crying. When in reality, what happened is after that zoom meeting was over and that class was over, I got so many messages from people saying like, Michelle, it's totally okay. Like you crushed that. 
you know, it's called being a parent, right? Welcome to parenthood. And that relatability actually made them want to work with me more, even though a lot of them still had no idea what the actual Instagram power method was. They trusted me as a person that was relatable because I just like something happened that happens to them. And then they trusted the who I am as a business person more so because of that. So I don't know what your thought process is on that, but I think that it's perfect. Well, I I think, I I think my thought process is exactly where, what yours is, you know, as you were telling that story, I was thinking about, so last week I was speaking in New Jersey at a, at a president's club event for a, for a mortgage company, which means to be in this room, you have to do 25 million in production. right. So in this room are people that have done 25 million up to half a billion and, and so I'm taking Q&A after, after I spoke and, and this young lender, right, who obviously is good at what he does, he's in this room, but, but he, he starts telling us the story that he and his, and his wife just had a baby and he felt guilty even posting that he had a baby on social media because he didn't want any of his realtor partners to go, oh, well, we probably should give our deals to somebody else because he's probably going to need some time away. He's not going to want to be distracted. All right. Like, Michelle, we painted this picture that social media needs to be such a perfect place where, where we cannot share anything that could be seen as vulnerable because it will be used against us. And, and I said, dude, I said, why haven't you? I said, are you working late right now? Are you used, are you on your laptop late at night? Like while you're giving your, your, your new child a a bottle, are you working on loans? Oh my gosh, of course. I said, why have you not taken a selfie, taken a picture of like your monitor with your baby's feet in it and telling the story of how like you love how you can learn how to be a dad yet still close your loans all at the same time because of the power of technology. And Michelle, you would have thought that. I had just given him the most brilliant idea on the face of the earth. (laughs) Like, like he had never thought, oh my gosh, I could take a picture at 11 PM of me working on loans with my baby. And now I don't have to, I don't have to feel like my baby is this thing that the moment I talk about it, people are like, whoa, taking my business elsewhere. And so I just hate that we've created this environment where like you can't do, especially it's even harder for you guys as women, right? Like, like how many women realtors don't even want to say they're pregnant because they worry the response they're going to get from people, right? Like, oh, well, you probably want to rest. You probably, and you're like, heck no fool. I'm going to grind this thing until the day this pops out. And then I'm going to keep going. Well, we've got to tell the right stories. We've got to change the narratives if we want people to be bought in to to who we are. And and I just don't think that the answer is we need to hide the parts of ourselves that we're worried about people knowing. I think we need to say, man, the people that, that have ever seen your videos and Knox happens to be crying and they think that's unprofessional, well, screw those people. They can go kick rocks and you didn't want them in your program anyway. They probably would have been the most annoying people in your program if they're so concerned with a, with a baby that's supposed to cry, crying, right? 
So um, one of the big takeaways for me with with still like an artist is is when it just talks about like be who you are and and let the right people show up instead of you making the mistake of chasing all the wrong ones. Yeah, this goes to both the, the men and the women in the house, right? Irregardless of, of who you might be on that spectrum, showing up as yourself, whether it's I just left the gym and I'm super sweaty and gross, or I just got thrown up on and I have breast milk coming out from everywhere. Like I feel gross and disgusting. I haven't washed my hair in four days. Like the reality is that somebody else is in that exact same situation. And I can't tell you how many right. people I talk to every day who say, well, Michelle, I thought, you know, I didn't, I hadn't done my hair that day. So I didn't schedule with the videographer because my hair wasn't done. Um, I was waiting for this new, uh, my new foundation to come in. Cause I didn't have any makeup, so I couldn't do any of my videos. And in my, in the back of my mind, like just the stupidest things that come out of people's mouths. Right. But the reality is right. that those things that are coming out of, those are real fears that they're having that are making them think right. people are going to want to watch my content. And I'll right. tell anybody or, and I do tell anybody that I remember selling my biggest deal on the planet to this day still after I got on, or I had left F45 at the time I was six months pregnant at the time, um, left F45 was sweating. My face looked like a tomato. I was driving to Costco. My hair was on top of my head and I got on stories and I just talked about how I was super proud of the fact that I was six months pregnant and still working out as much as I was, but that I really didn't feel that good. And I wanted to just say that, right. I was just like, I just don't feel that yeah. good today, but guys, I did it right. And at the time I was in the middle of selling tickets for a VIP event that I had. Um, and I had a, a girl reach out to me and say, I've really been looking for a mastermind like this. I don't even know what the details are of your mastermind, but like, Hey, I'm actually, I'm also pregnant. And this was really inspiring to me. And can I have details about it? So I sold my biggest, highest ticket item by being authentically sick, like myself and just saying, I don't feel good today. Yeah. I look like crap today. And guess what? I'm on stories looking like crap today. Um, so again, I think it's, it's how can we use our, our insecurities as an opportunity to create connection? And I think, you know, our friend Chelsea Pice does this great on stories all the time. Yep. If you look at her on stories, she shows up with bedhead. She shows up with no makeup. Her hair is in like 17 different directions. She shows up wearing slippers and, you know, obviously hasn't put makeup, makeup on that day. Uh, she's just Chelsea. Right. Well, and, and everything you're saying. So chapter two in the book, it is literally called don't wait until you know who you are to get started. And, and so what, what, what happens, at least what I've seen, right. Is we, well, we've, first of all, we've perverted like what social media is, right? Most of the people you and I work with, most people Chelsea works with, they've all been taught social media as an extension of their business. Like that's, that's what social media is. It is an extension of their opportunity to sell. And so that's why we show up there the way that we do. And so we're often taught, right? Like, well, we need to be the most the, the most presentable to the masses. We need the most people to be able to like us. And so we almost, without saying it, like we water down who we are in order to, to appeal to the most people. And so Friday, 
I'm the, the group that I was speaking to. I, I just asked them because I told a story about Everly, right? Everly's seven years old. That's my daughter. And so I just I, I said, show of hands. How many of you in this room have a seven year old? And, you know, some hands went up. I said, how many of you used to have a seven year old? More hands went up. I said, how many of you are a grandparent to a seven year old? More hands went up. And then I said, how many of you are an uncle or an aunt to a seven-year-old? Michelle, at the end of those four questions, I think I had about 90% of the room's hands up. But you know what a lot of people would say? Like, well, don't talk about your kids. That has nothing to do with your business. But it has everything to do with your business because we live in a digital world now where we don't get to wear hats anymore of the different things. We don't get to have cubby holes like I have behind me. We don't get to cubby hole our lives. When I go to Target, I'm the entrepreneur. I'm the dad. I'm the husband. I'm the Christ follower. I'm all of them. And so what, what I wanted them to understand was by talking about my daughter, I actually end up resonating with more people than if I act as if I don't even have one. And, and if this is the one thing that people get from this episode, don't wait until you know who you are to get started, right? The evolution of your business, the evolution of my business, the evolution of you as a parent, of me as a parent, it happened once we became that and just started learning on the fly, 100%. right? That's how we grow. People can talk about the book, you know, oh gosh, you, you just had a baby, go read this book. And yes, there's great books, but at the end of the day, there's nothing a book can teach you that you have to just learn by becoming a mom for the first time. And, and wouldn't it be great if we could go, hey, grandparents, will you take Knox? I'll come back when he's three. Like, I just need some time to work myself out. I'm not sure of the type of mom that I want to be. And so like, y'all keep him for a couple years and then I'll be back. Uh, you would literally be the worst parent on the planet, right? <laughs> Even if you, from a mental perspective, thought you were doing that for his best interests. He's going to have his best life by having a mom that's engaged and learning as they go than one that wants to go sit in the back, learn everything, and then come back. It, it doesn't work like that. And that's what you and I watch with people on social media. Right. is like, well, once I'm not afraid of video anymore, then I'll try it. Well, when's that day going to come? Never. Because I've done thousands of videos and I still get nervous. Yeah. And so we've got, we've got to totally shift the way we think about this stuff. I mean, I go live, I go live in my uh, free Facebook group, the Instagram power method every single week. And I was texting one of my assistants this the other day. And I said, I get so much anxiety before this freaking live every Wednesday. And it, it's ridiculous, right? Like I've done it so many times yeah. and I'm going to say, um, too many times because that's just me. And, right. I do that. and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to forget what I was supposed to say. So I'm going to have to look at my second monitor and look at the notes that I took before the live started and that's going to happen. But the message behind every single one of those lives, I know that I'm going to be able to get that across to people, irregardless of the mess ups or the weird things that might happen during it. So yeah, Kyle, why don't you let's wrap this up with a bow and tell everybody, what does it mean to you to steal like an artist and how can 
somebody listening to this steal like an artist starting today, whether that's in their content, whether that's in their brains, however you want to position that. Yeah. I, so I think that what, what it means to me is I think stealing's okay if it's being done for the right reasons. Right. So look now we, we could take that very out of context, but like, look at Robin hood, right? The, the movie Robin hood where he stole from the rich and gave to the poor. Right. Would we necessarily agree with, with his methods? No, but his, his heart was in the right place. And so for me, what this looks like for our content is if, if my desire to steal from you is because I want to offer more to people, I want to give more to people. I think that's an incredibly heart, uh, an incredible heart to do that from. If why I want to steal from you is like, well, Michelle sucks and I could be way better. And I think I could steal all of her clients. And so I'm going to steal what she does and, and then make it better. That's a horrible reason to want to leverage the still like an artist mentality. And so if we can first come into agreement of, I want the world to be better because I exist in it. If that is my hope, then, then I, I will try to go and freely steal as much as I can, give it the Kyle spin, also give credit where credit's due, right? Like I teach stuff that you teach. I teach stuff that Chelsea teaches. And when I teach it, I'm like, hey, go follow this person. Go check out this person. This is where I learned that. And, and, and so I think it truly does come back to, is this an ego thing? Because if it is, you're always going to struggle. But if it's a desire to serve thing, well, then let's go ahead and give ourselves permission to not be overly creative because we'd rather be spending our time giving instead of creating and go still like an artist because there's brilliant things already out there that when you Michelle it, when I Kyle it, it's going to take on an entirely different life than, than it did originally. So I hope that helps somebody. I love it so much. And Kyle, thank you just for being you and for being willing to have this discussion with me. I know when we initially decided to do an episode together, we had an idea for a title. And I think that the title remains the same, but where we took this conversation, I think is tenfold better than what we originally even thought it would be. And my hope for everybody listening is that you just keep listening to the things that Kyle's doing, the things that we're doing together and the things that we're trying to teach you and know that it's coming from a place of servitude and that it's coming from a place of how can we fix what's going on between our ears so that we can serve more on a scalable level through social media. And that's ultimately what all of this is really about. So um, Kyle, why don't you let us know or let everybody know how they can get connected with you and uh, where we can find you off of this episode. Yeah, you can find me. I'm Coach Kyle Draper everywhere. So go search Coach Kyle Draper. You can go to kyledraper.com. It'll be hard for you not to find me if, <laughs> if you want to, to look hard enough. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for being on the show with me. Um, I can't wait to do this again. And again, if any of you guys are listening and haven't gone down the Coach Kyle Draper wormhole, you need to. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.